Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels, either episode two or episode four, depending <laughs> if I release other, other things that I have recorded on my own, but it's the second episode with Travis, and today we are going to be talking about AEW's Stadium Stampede. How are you doing, Travis? Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. You need to meet my level of enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. So we, we've both watched this a couple of times and just rewatched it then to get our enthusiasm up. And uh, how are you feeling about it? It's amazing. It's about, It's like the best, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, I've said this to you a couple of times now. This is what I'm happiest with wrestling now. Like mm-hmm. this kind of match, like where... They just take it to the next level. Like I was talking to you before, um, kayfabe is essentially dead. So the people who are embracing it and taking it to the next level and just kind of going, I know you know this is fake, but we're committing to it even harder than ever before is my favourite thing ever. Yeah, so we just then watching Stadium Stampede and having this conversation before we turned on the mics led us walking down that path with Joey Janela. So let's immediately go off on a tangent before talking about Stadium Stampede as is our way because yeah. that led to watching like Joey Janela versus the Invisible Man. Yeah. Uh, we watched uh, the social distancing yeah. match that they did at the Acid Cup for, for GCW and I feel like... He may be closing on being your favourite wrestler at this stage because you're, you're <laughs> loving that. Oh, it's just funny. Yeah. Like, it's a, it, oh, yeah. And, and he would like literally do that stuff on purpose. He was getting like a lot of, you know, heat and people like Jim Cornette and stuff talking shit about him and, and all this stuff. So he'd just lean into it, you know, yeah. and, and just enrage them on purpose, essentially, you know. But what would wrestling look like if it was as per Jim Cornette's will? Um, these days it would look like old school nwa and probably like uh i forget the name of his old promotion from back in the day who cares so but whatever new, that was so like a worse new japan <laughs> no i mean it wouldn't even be that like it would be like southern wrestling yeah so yeah like very reality based a lot of grappling mm a bit, a bit of that, you know, a bit, a bit of comedy again. and drama, that, but but like the actual ring work, the wrestling, very and wrestling. The grappling. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking because I haven't. Then again, I haven't seen much New Japan, so all I've seen is really Omega and uh, Which is the, the pinnacle of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but we will. Which was gonna, a bit of high flying, that. but then also yeah. a lot of grappling. And yeah, exactly. Limb focusing. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So you will. Yeah, I'm not even sure what would make him happy, to be honest. And I think, I can't even believe we're talking about him, to be, because I, who really cares? And according to the internet, is a massive cuck anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so who really cares? But but people Jim like that. Cornette, like if you listen to this podcast, you big cuck. <laughs> we're calling you out. <laughs> Along with the, the massive list of people we've already yeah. done. So, um, I, but I also think as well, like, I, I always use him just because he's the the rest are all just like faceless dirt sheet writers and mm. stuff to me. But for him, he. I think as well he le- like just like Joey does. I think he leans into it and bees that guy. So people He's like a character. Yeah, exactly. Goes into that because when you see him on Dark Side of the Ring, he comes across very earnest and mm. and very incredibly integrous. passionate. Yeah, yeah, incredibly passionate about it. And then he almost also, to a fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I kind of like, but mm. yeah. And then when he was briefly commentating for the new NWA. Um, and he was very good there too. And then he made a 
pretty racist joke, I guess, and mm. got fired. So, yeah, but that's... I don't know whether how I'm not going to stand up for him, obviously, but I think that was that's an example of somebody who's dated, like, mm. and passed where they should probably be yeah. in that position, you know. Um, but yeah, who cares you hear about that him? Jim Cornette? The world's <laughs> moved on from you. <laughs> Stay in the past. <laughs> Stay in the past where you belong. Um, but yeah, so in in watching those matches, they're they're leading into the ridiculousness mm. of wrestling. And uh, and playing up, uh, playing up that. So so for instance, Invisible Man is like how long was that match? Like twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Joe Janela wrestling himself, <laughs> <laughs> like like, and the crowd playing and their in, part in, and pretending inside it's yeah, inside the match, calling out and saying like calling attention to the fact that he's wrestling no one, and then it's still amazing. Yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. Like telling people what's happening and stuff. <laughs> Telling people they're not selling well enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, the crowd, like, at one point, the Invisible Man's on the top of the ladder (laughs) and and he jumps off and (laughs) And then then he reacts. And, like, the crowd made that happen. And I think people, like, really respond to that sort of of ridiculousness. So, Mm. yeah, yeah, that was cool. And then from there, the Stadium Stampede, Mm. for me, is, like, a pretty great example of making chicken salad out of chicken shit, you know, like uh, the world has been has been like dealt a blow. Yeah, COVID nineteen is not ideal. Social distancing is not ideal. Mm. So they made the best match they could with as least staff, and they've got this massive facility, and they're yeah. like, "What can we do with it?" So yeah, it's interesting. Like I read somewhere that uh, Tony Khan has apparently got. So I don't know how long ago this comment was from. Apparently has roughly 18 months worth of storylines and et cetera, et cetera, planned out. Mm. COVID hits. They can't bring in audiences anymore, et cetera, et cetera. So they go, all right, we'll adapt our plans to be able to do some shit we wouldn't have been able to do. Like, how do you, you can't do stadium stampede in front of a live audience. No. Really. No, exactly. So then, like, that, that concept probably wouldn't have existed without... Exactly. Yeah, with a, without, uh, without the, the, the coronavirus. Yeah, exactly. So then how quickly do they pull that out of their ass? I know. And yeah. like, and when you... Even how they adapted their Dynamite shows to having the guys around the ring and say what you want to... I don't know if testing was correct or they were doing the right thing by having them there and stuff, but they managed to make their show be able to tick over and have impact and have people reacting to stuff and make people, I guess, be able to forget... Uh, about, you know, be able to turn on the wrestling and not be like, oh, this is sort of depressing because there's nobody I think AEW are in a state that, and this is the weird part of America, they're in a state where that state has bought up a crap load of testing kits from what I've been led to understand. Uh So they can test before every taping. Wow. And they can test everyone. I know that they've started wearing these wristbands that Mm. I believe are like, you know, I've been tested. Yeah, because I don't think they're allowed. It didn't start with that, but yeah. I don't think they're allowed in the building without being tested. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas. And and they keep everybody separate and and all that kind of stuff. Which trips me out. It's like, all right, so that state can buy up a crap load of test kits, but you got other states over there that didn't miss out and then can't do testing. Exactly. I mean, there's some that don't even want to. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. The place is a war (laughs) zone. It's terrible, and uh, America, I, we're calling you yeah, exactly at its least. I don't. I mean, I don't want to get into all that kind of stuff. It's a. Uh, it's very depressing and very yeah. sad. So hopefully, this will uh, bring much needed distraction mm. to others and and ourselves here. So think about, think about Matt Hardy in that pool. Exactly. So let, let's break down the Stadium Stampede match. We'll 
bring it back to to where it is. So when it first starts, what's your initial like feeling, right? Like so so because nobody knows what what to to expect at all. So all right, so the first time I was watching it, I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right. I have no idea what's going on in the lead up to this match. Rafe just goes, let's talk about this match. Because you're go, still like two years I know, I'm still like, yeah, like about 12 <laughs> months behind. I'm up yeah. to a, like Dynamite episode two okay. in terms of AEW, which I think is September last year. Okay. So we're about, yeah, 10 months behind. Uh-huh. I watched the little bit of promo before the match and I'm like, okay, this all looks cool, interesting. I watch uh, Matt Hardy and Omega run over Sammy Guevara in a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> I watch... Uh, Oh, what was it? Um, was it someone destroying Vanguard One or something? Yeah, like Jer- that? Jericho uh, destroying Vanguard One. Yeah, that they, was that they, promo I showed you where Jericho's in the tub, tries to bribe him with a t-shirt. Yeah, tries to bribe him with yeah. a t-shirt. Tells Nick home, Nick Jackson, to stay at home with his newborn baby, baby. And then, <laughs> uh, and then he releases the hounds on him. And then the next time they're at Dynamite, Vanguard comes to see him in the ring or whatever. And then he's like, like there with all his boys, and he's like, look. Vanguard, I don't even want you to be in in it anymore. I've given you the offer and you disrespected me and now I've got a new member. It's whatever he named the baseball bat and then just like wasted out of the... Uses Floyd, yeah. wasted out of the sky and then him and the entire inner circle jump Vanguard one and they're like <laughs> punching it actively and they're on the ground like wobbling their heads like they're Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> and stopping it out and stuff and then Matt Hardy runs in and breaks up and he's like cradling Vanguard's corpse basically. That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm, watching that, I'm watching that and I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, like interesting. I don't know what's going on. I, f- I feel like there was maybe some tension between the Young Bucks and Adam Page, but I don't yes. know. I'm watching bits and pieces and the match starts. They're all running out in their inner circle, run out in their field gear. Which is great. Honorable yeah. uh, honorable mention to that entire idea and the helmets and everything. And my, I think my favourite entrance was Santana's when he does that little like dance. Like, dance. <laughs> Just like a little uh, uh, tango kind of yeah. stutter step kind of thing. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, all right, so then everyone comes out, Paige nowhere to be seen. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, like I, I have no idea what's going on. They just start running towards each other when the bell goes. And like, Game oh. of Thrones. <laughs> like <laughs> The Battle of the Bastards. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. And like the first part where they're actually in the stadium and around the ring, I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, this is like pretty I, good, I, I guess. I was like, like, so they're just fighting, there's just a ring in the middle yeah. of this thing and they're just fighting for, on the for field. For no reason, yeah. yeah. I was exactly. like, why, okay. put a, why put a ring in the middle at all? But okay, whatever, sure. Uh, just chaos. Just, and just... People selling really weird. Sammy like, Guevara like passes that football into like the other day. Yeah, <laughs> he throws like, a football. It's like the most devastating attack ever built. Yeah. Uh, trash cans just being mangled. Um, all pretty funny. Hangman then turns up on his horse, which is the chases. moment it changes. Right, yeah, like, and that's <laughs> the moment where it kind of flipped for me. And I was like, okay, this is like obviously they're going somewhere else with this. Yeah, uh, Hangman chases him away. Sammy Guevara looks like he starts laughing as soon as he sees the horse. Uh, and then uh, then looks terrified. And yeah, does and then, the best. And like, then the camera, the camera like, looks yeah. away because it notices him laughing. Then cuts back and he's terrified again. Uh, runs away. And then I was like, all right, cool. They do all their like kind of I don't know, AEW spots where they're all flipping off the top ropes into crowds and shit. At, and at then, one point, Santana like uh, 
kicks one of the young bucks like in the face or whatever, but then is looking like he's done a field goal, like <laughs> like because the the goals are down there. Yeah. He's like, and it's good. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, so so it was pretty good. Like the whole the first section, I was like, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it more the next few times I watched it because I kind of had a better idea of where the match was going. And also, they never really establish any kind of rules. So you're no. like, do they have to like pin them in the ring, or does it have to be anything? But it becomes pretty clear that none of that matters. I th- yeah, I think they say. Uh, I think one of the commentators says anywhere in the stadium. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, is this gonna? Is are they just gonna have like a few people at the ring and everyone else goes and has their side adventures? No, they all disperse and then kind of make their way back. Um, Which was th- kind of so smart. A for the social distancing thing, I guess, but also in a way to be able to tell multiple storylines mm. at the same time, and they could probably be off. And film it quicker because, from my understanding, they filmed it from like ten at night to like five in the morning, yeah. so they can have these guys off doing this and filming yeah. here. These guys can be off here doing this, and you can knock yeah. it out quicker. You can and film edit like it together. the Santana and Ortiz and Hardy and Omega. Omega disappears pretty quickly after or Omega does disappear after that uh, brutal table bomb. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's kind of like as the ref they looks like he breaks his hand. Possibly oh, savage. So, yeah. After the the horse chases Sammy out, and mm. then they start going up through the stairs. Um, there's that brutal spot where Kenny gets put on a gate across two tables, and Santana and Ortiz get up, and it's pretty scary. The refs are holding like both the tables, and there's like this big upright leg of the security fence, and then they powerbomb him through it. But we're like, oh man, it's so. Like, <laughs> I don't want to see anybody getting impaled on this. And you actually see the ref, like, as the gate breaks, it like it looks like it catches his hand. Yeah, like the like, foot of the gate flicks up as exactly where the ref's hand is holding the table, so Santana doesn't fall off and break his neck. Yeah, cracks his hand hard. Then the whole table starts wobbling, and then the camera cuts away, and you yeah. go. Well, I guess that's fine. Yeah, hopefully he's a left-handed referee and can uh, <laughs> he can't can count, count the three. three. <laughs> exactly, he's sitting home from now on. So that could have been a a, a plot device that they used to, to protect it. And then from there, they they do the the Kenny table bit, and then they they get Matt Hardy and they throw him in the pool. Yeah, so you is, could like kind of go as soon as like the camera moves away, Kenny just runs across to film uh, with. Hagar yeah, exactly, because you don't see Kenny again then. He's like nah, he's repairing, gone. and then you don't see him again until the bar fight kind of thing. Mm. So then, yeah, it goes to the pool, and then they do the whole Matt Hardy, like <laughs> like a reincarnation yeah. part, which, which is super funny, where he which, cycles through the different versions. Yeah, which I didn't like know how many different characters he's been since WWE. I remember... Like he, all I don't think I've ever watched him as a singles wrestler. It was always with Jeff, always the tag team back in WWE when they were just the Hardy Boys. Uh-huh. And uh, so then there's V1, there's Big Money Matt, mm-hmm. there's Classic Matt, which I guess is the tag Matt. Or? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a Hardy Boys Matt, basically. Yeah. I guess which I can't really say. Yeah, but Big Money Matt was in Impact. Mm. He was. They they came into Impact and were just the Hardy Boys, yeah. and then he sold out. Yeah, they do like the kind of betrayal, which is the Matt Hardy brand stuff. Yeah, and he's a, it was. I actually quite liked Big Money Matt. I thought he was pretty entertaining, and he's got all these goons and stuff, and he was pretty good. But then when Jeff does like some massive swanton off these huge stairs onto him, that's when he becomes broken mm. and starts that. You were wanting to go into the full depths of. The whole Matt Hardy saga. I'm not, I'm not sure we've got the time to go through it now. And also, it's been a while since I've watched it, so I need to redo it. But essentially, 
then you don't see him for a while and then he just starts popping up on the internet with like that weird streak in his hair mm. and just like biting at the camera for 15 minutes. Like, and everyone's like, has Matt Hardy actually lost <laughs> his mind in real life? Like, he took all of Jeff Hardy's drugs when Jeff went sober. Yeah, nobody knew what was going on. Like yeah. straight up, like, people were like, has Matt, like there were news stories about it and stuff. And then, and then, yeah, and that leads to all the final deletion and stuff. Mm. And like nobody <laughs> with his ridiculous voice and and, <laughs> and all this like, brother Nero, I knew you'd come. <laughs> and and, and oh. Jeff uh, Jeff Hardy's like the worst actor in the world, yeah. but that even lays into it. But he's like, man, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's his line in final deletion? Oh. I know that you love the dilapidated boat. Scar scar. It's dilapidated. a dilapidated boat. How convenient. <laughs> no, Jeff has a line where he's just like, I don't get time for this shit or something like that. Yeah. His weird southernish kind oh, of Oh, yeah. Is it, it's when the uh, the drones attack, the fleet of oh, drones. Oh, hell no. <laughs> he's, oh, hell no. I don't get time for this shit. And then, like, it cut to Matt Hardy on a ride on lawnmower, riding over his sculpted mm. launch, just like laughing maniacally. <laughs> I was listening to a um, podcast with Moxley and Jeff on uh, with, uh, Jericho, Talk is Jericho, uh-huh. and he was talking about how long it took them to mow his lawn like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, what commitment. Oh, yeah, because like, apparently like he's always doing those kind of like sculptures Art and stuff. And yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, exactly, that, into his own grass with like a whippersnipper. Yeah, the massive one they burnt was um like 15 years old and was like four bit broken falling to pieces and he was like oh, just burn it just burn it <laughs> it's like, for those who haven't seen it and you should go back and watch the final deletion stuff Jeff Hardy does the like they've got these massive uh, properties out in Cameron North Carolina I think it is and he like in his grass he uses a whippersnipper and basically like whippersnips in huge like Hardy Boys Slipknot S style tribal like, yeah, it's like design tribally kind of thing that I think he used to I don't think he had them tattooed onto his arms, but I think they used to be like on his sleeves. That yeah, he would he'd, wear. he'd draw them on and yeah. stuff like with face paint and with uh, on his arms and things like that. But yeah, so once he goes in the pool, uh, Santana and Ortiz take him to the pool. Ortiz can't swim, so he's pretty concerned about it. <laughs> Shitting and himself, he's, slowly he's walking like, into yeah. a three foot pool one step at a time. <laughs> he's like got this terrified look on his face, and then when they're they're drowning him. And then he like pops up and he's like the older version of Matt Hardy. Classic Matt, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then gets put back under and then he becomes like a big money Matt. But when they put up the Matt facts on the side and yeah. Ortiz is like, wait, look, and they're reading it. Matter like, of fact. <laughs> and it's like Matt Hardy can hold his breath for 346 <laughs> seconds. I didn't realise they they looked at the facts. Yeah, yeah. At the one point he goes, hey, hey, and like taps him and goes, what's this? And then they're like reading it. They're going, oh no. And then he like comes back up. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even notice that. Part. Yeah, yeah, it's, I've seen it's it three hell, times now. It's a hell good. One person was uh, there was kind of a, like a little bit of drama on the internet. So uh, the Stadium Stampede was released uh, after Shad Gaspard's death, mm, who, yeah. who was a wrestler that drowned. Really sad. Um, Saving his son or something wasn't he? Yeah, he, he, he was. They both got caught in a rip, and he made like the the lifeguards kind of take him first, and then he got dumped, and they like never yeah. saw him again. Right. And so some people on the internet were saying, like, that was in poor taste. And this guy was, like, had posted about, I don't remember who it was, but he was like, it's a completely different medium. It's to do with Matt Hardy, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I was like, plus everybody knows Matt Hardy can hold his breath for 346 (laughs) seconds. So he was never actually in danger in any way. So I'm not... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, but... But I, I thought it was totally fine. And also when you know that character, like 
him going in the lake over and over is like the lake of reincarnation. Doesn't Excalibur make that joke as well? Like, yeah, (laughs) they must have imported some water or something like that. (laughs) He's like, they imported the lake water from the lake of reincarnation into that pool before the match. (laughs) Like, Matt has set it up. He knows he's gonna, he he could get drowned in there. So he's like, oh, I might just, uh, just give myself a little backup here. Just in case. And then, then, uh, anyway, he, he sort of gets left there, but then he gets free and gets the better of them. He rings Ortiz's head in that bell, and then he puts him in the chair of wheels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that's amazing. I like just the convulsing for minutes, and then he becomes a doctor for some reason and starts prescribing him, like, chair rest and punches him in the face. He's like, I prescribed you the chair rest, and he's, like, taping him in and and punching him and stuff like that. And then he fights Ortiz, Calls him a piece of trash when he hits him. No, no, Ortiz says he's a piece of trash. Oh, I, yeah. I think. Uh, oh, sorry, he starts fighting Santana, he, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, 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 he is. It's a, no, Santana, I'm pretty sure it's Santana who says it. He, yeah. Matt throws him into a bin and then uh, Santana's like going like, oh, 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 piece of trash. Like he's the piece <laughs> of trash. Like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, maybe it is Matt. I don't yeah. know. I've, I've always thought it was Santana. I, I just know. thought it was so funny that in the middle of him like selling like this devastating injury where he's been thrown into a bin and he yeah. just re- he clicks and goes, oh, I can make a trash joke. Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea of uh, Santana saying it while he's being hurt. Like, mm. oh no, like injury, injury to insult. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, and uh, then, he, then he gets pushed hard into that ice chest. Which, yeah. uh, like Those on handles his Back on the hurt. handles, like didn't look good. And then we go to the bar fight, which was like, Super funny and probably mm. like my highlight of it with Jack Swagger finding uh, Hangman in the butt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I was just trying to think. I don't know what my favorite part of the entire match was, but you know, I did. I did dig that. The um, I watched this with my dad uh, just to see what his reaction uh-huh. would be to this more kind of full on style of match. Theater, and exactly. oh, he loved it so much, yeah. especially the uh, so. The uh, bar pool uh-huh. where he's sliding him along, smashing him through all the classic. all the plastic yeah, yeah. drinks and everything uh-huh. like that. Dad loves old westerns and everything, so he was he was loving it. As soon as like he kind of picks him up, he's like, "Oh, he's going to put him on the bar." Yeah, and slide I was him. the same. I was like, "He better slide him yeah. down that." Bar. <laughs> uh, he prides himself on like always being able to guess where storylines go, ah, and ninety like, percent okay. of the time he's wrong. And this time, I was like, <laughs> I was like, of course he's going to. What else can they do here? Look how many drinks are just nonchalantly yeah. on this bar. <laughs> you can see them when they're drinking in the first place. It's plastic cups. I was like, there's definitely someone going on there at some point. <laughs> they should have done it with glass, though, we? <laughs> just, <laughs> just, And then they've got that convenient table at the end to like catch him and stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's a table on the end of the bar to catch him and break his fall. And then there's another table for Hagar to smash yeah. him through. When he when he breaks that pool stick on him, <laughs> it's God like damn. a fair <laughs> whack. I'd be surprised if Hagar did have like a massive line. Oh, across his I'd back. say like that surely must have been like not a gimmicked pool cue. That's a real pool cue, and he's just gone. Yeah, just crack me as hard as you can. Yeah. Did he say anything about it in the podcast you were listening to? He like, said it hurt quite a bit because <laughs> <laughs> like they are they do like unscrew. So he must have just. Been like, oh, I'm going to crack you as hard as I can, and it will snap. Yeah, at it that will be at that screw in yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. You said that the pool table is brutal as well because it's like a slate pool table or something. So there's like absolutely no giving <laughs> that. And they were like the bill on the bill on wrecking that probably isn't too crash hot. And then they they do all the bottles and stuff when Kenny comes in. 
But the the ultimate just move non-stop is, glassing. Yeah, yeah. They they hit him with like a billion glasses, and he sells them like pretty awesome. I thought, and looks like tough ads. And then they do the uh, buckshot lariat off <laughs> Omega, off a man yeah. <laughs> for extra momentum. But the bar is just a little bit too tall, so he has to kind of like jump, and then they just push him. Gives extra. him a bit of a push. Yeah, and he has to sort of think it as well. But you know, they get the idea, and, and then, then they, they have a the beer and a milk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beer or whiskey. Oh, oh yes, whiskey. Yeah, yeah, whiskey, yeah, whiskey and milk. Either way, a terrible combination, oh, and shocking. milk would be a very bad choice after that level of exertion. <laughs> exertion. I can't. I can't think it's a good. Especially time. when the next thing Omega is doing is chasing uh, Sammy up the stairs. It's probably why he can't get up that wall as quickly <laughs> as Sammy did because it's bloated <laughs> on a way down by dairy. Exactly. But that that. So what happens after that then? Uh, then it's uh, straight after that it goes into Jericho and the Young Bucks. Or no, it's uh, all right. So it's the Northern Lights touchdown yeah. starts. Yeah, like, <laughs> the whole dash. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you cut to Matt and and uh, Sammy fighting, and Matt starts doing his like repeating Northern Light suplexes for a, a dash across the field, and then it keeps <laughs> cutting back between him and Nick Jackson and Chris Jericho having that fight like on the. Yeah, on the side, <laughs> so I think, or he put trying to put his head in the fan. Yeah. Should have stayed at home. Yeah. Should have stayed at home <laughs> with your little baby. Uh, and then he like spears him with that uh, the flag marker thing, mm. uh, and then he puts him in the jaguar. In the and, jaguar mouth, yeah, <laughs> and then he uh, fights the <laughs> fights Judas the effect on uh, Jackson Deville, yeah, which he said in that podcast that like he just hit that dude like as hard as he possibly could to make it look good, and the dude wouldn't even be able to feel it because and then he, and then he wastes it by picking up the witch hat <laughs> pretending to be a witch. <laughs> Which, which is not funny, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> it's so stupid. And, and yeah, it leads to going through the net, which apparently he hurt himself the most on out of everything he did. Oh, really? like, like the way he landed. Because like, he, he thought it was going to like support him. And like it did not. He just crashed through it and <laughs> fucked himself up. And then they, they go over to that wall. And you pointed out a detail that I hadn't even noticed, that when he gets put into the, the pads, his baseball bat, Floyd, Floyd, is just sitting up on the thing and he just kind of hits it and it just falls off into his hand and then he's just got it. He's like, oh, <laughs> just has his baseball bat. There's so many conveniently placed items, like the broom, which Matt uses to lock Santana in the ice uh, ice chest, yeah. is just sitting right next to it. Just him. happens to be there, yeah. Because uh, obviously you'd use a small, like... Wooden, like wooden broom to clean up a stadium. Yeah, with, exactly. Surely. It's like an old style witch's broom. <laughs> it's not even the most modern option that you would ever have. I wonder if uh, Jericho had found that broom and had the hat, what devastation he could have wrought. <laughs> He's just <laughs> whipping around the stadium like it's Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh no. <laughs> if they'd been together, it would have been. Oh, just, yeah, the uniting. Uh, yeah, actually, they should, they should have done There's a lot of witchy items in that entire thing. And then what happens? The, there's all the, the referee calls and all that stuff where we thought he was maybe going to murder the referee with like in the tent. Yeah. With the, the weird shot of him closing the tent. Closing but I the guess tent. Like I was, yeah, NFL I was like, I was like, is he going to come out and there's going to be her body sprawled in the tent and he's just knocked her out? Just, yeah, maybe. I was like, all right. Like, yeah. Is this how... Is this, I was like wondering if it was going to lead into a bit where there's no refs left because... Uh, is it? Uh, he's super kicked the ref for giving him the yellow 
Yeah, uh, so, so yeah, once Matt hits the Northern Lights touchdown and it makes the whole field excessive celebration is called and then he kick, <laughs> he super kicks Rick Knox. Knox. And, yeah. and I was wondering, I was like, all right, so is he he's out. Is Aubrey going to be out? They, they're going to, like, someone's going for the pin and there's no refs left to that's count what, That's when they could have but, had the callback to the guy with the broken hand, but he can't count the pin. He's like, oh! <laughs> AW, hire us for your writing yeah, exactly. Stuff. This exactly. This is gold here. They could have called that. And then they have to but take no, him so out. So she well. comes out. Uh, um, oh, which Jackson is it? I can never remember the names. Which one is the one who comes in for the save? Uh, he's, Matt. So, so, so Matt comes in, knocks him out. Uh, Nick then jumps up and does the stupidest run the up slowest, I've ever seen. The slowest run for velocity oh, you've man. ever seen where he goes all the way <laughs> to the top of the and then gently runs down. To- yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. This like the biggest waste of time. But uh But you got I to loved do it. it. If you've got the if you've got the stairs there and you've got the space you may mm. as well, then it kind of makes it funnier anyway. Yeah. If you could have conveniently placed items everywhere and things like that, there's no reason you can't have the slowest run of all time and then, <laughs> then an absolutely then, uh, brutal space. Flash onto Jericho yeah. off the off the thing, and then the line marker comes out. Yeah, and then Hangman comes limping out and sprays Jericho yeah. like, like my, it's the end of a cartoon. Or my so. dad's favorite part of the entire match. Loved it. Getting the line marker out. Yeah, he yeah. was he was choking. Like he was laughing so hard he was choking. Jericho said in that podcast that uh, after it was all done because it finished at five, he didn't bother having a shower. He just went back to the hotel. So he rocked up there and he was just still in that gear, <laughs> white spray paint across himself, hair everywhere. And he comes in and there's like these people coming back for a party, they're full, you know, business gear and stuff. He's like, rough night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was like, what an absolute legend. Uh, and then, so it's then amazing I, what he's like, what he's putting himself through at like fifty something years of age. Dude, Jericho's like, the goat. Like I've had sort of ups and downs with him, but he like really <laughs> nobody has reinvented themselves quite like he he has. You know, and all these no. various things and stuff. Like Undertaker has. I mean, oh, he's been lots what, of different things and lots twice. of stuff, but it's always been kind of the same, you know. Jericho has yeah. been so many different characters, and he's always so entertaining. Like he really was like a massive turning point for that company. Yeah, well, I I remember like watching Jericho back when I was a kid, and I yeah. hated him as a kid, and now yeah. I look back, and I'm like, oh no, that was like I, you're supposed to hate him, and he yeah. just sells it so well. But even going back and watching some of his new stuff, like um, I haven't seen his new Japan thing where he's kind of like half crow, yeah, sting yeah. looking guy. But uh, like his the list of Jericho, so yeah. stupid but so funny. It's, like uh, it, it's so good. Like the, he always has had lists though. Like, do you remember from WCW when he, uh, Dean Malenko was the man of a thousand holds, and so Chris Jericho <laughs> said he was the man of one thousand <laughs> and one holds, and he had that old ream paper and he's going yeah, through it. And he's like his name. armbar, crossface chicken wing. <laughs> Armbar. <laughs> and he said that, like, he was doing that, and then it goes to commercial break, and then he just proceeds to insult the town. Yeah. And then when it comes back from commercial break, he just starts again. again. So it looks like he's been doing it the entire time. And everyone's like booing like crazy. <laughs> but uh, it. Anyway. Hey, do you know how the how the stuff in New Japan happened? Like, with him having no. the face painted and stuff? So when he. Starts his rivalry with Naito. Uh, one of Naito's boys in his faction, Lij, is Bushi, right? And he is uh, a Japanese guy, but he's a luchador, so mask, and he wears like black lipstick and stuff under his yeah. mask, fresh to death, right? Always has the coolest mask. What Jericho does is when he's going to attack Naito, he's in the crowd. So as Naito's walking out, you know, he's like, you know, high fiving fans and stuff. Yeah. And then there's a fan in the crowd 
that is wearing a bushy mask. All fans always do this, mm. but then he just attacks him, and and you're like, what the hell? And this fan jumps the railing and is like bashing him and all this stuff. And then yeah, he pulls off his his mask, and obviously it's Jericho, and everyone's like, holy shit! Yeah, and he because he had had the bushy lipstick on and uh, over his eyes and stuff, it kind of had that like crazy look. And so then he leaned into that mm. to do it. And he also had this wicked shirt back to heels and faces. They are fashion talk. <laughs> it's uh, uh, instead of loss and goblin R blaze, it's like list of Jericho, whatever, like listo in goblin. R blaze or something <laughs> like that. Hang on. What is, Oh, I don't remember. I've forgotten a thing. God damn it. Oh, Anyway, you can see the shirt. It's really funny. Yeah. I liked it. Um, moving on. <laughs> Abandoned this line of conversation. I've forgotten too much of it. Um, but yeah, it's really good. And that that's sort of where he starts to develop uh, his pain maker kind of gimmick. And then when he versus... He, he kind of would adopt... It was cool in New Japan. He would kind of adopt things from each of the guys he was versing. Okay. So like when he started doing the LIJ stuff and... Feuding with Nido, that led to like the makeup and the the things like that. And then when he uh, starts to ver- verse Okada, who's the raid maker, he becomes the pain maker, and he he takes little pieces from yeah. them, which is cool. Like, uh, is he still pain maker in AW or is it Rainmaker? Because it, it pops up on his pain maker. Um, pain maker. Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Okada, Okada's funny, like in his promos, because he's just like a dude, you yeah. know, kind of thing. A bit, and he's like. What the hell does that even mean? Like, I don't get it. It's like, whatever. It makes so much yeah. more sense than Rainmaker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, he, he's the man that makes it rain money. And he does. Oh, is that what it's supposed to yeah, be? Yeah, exactly. Because he's rich, remember? I told oh, you he comes that's back. Right. Yeah, the, that's right. He comes the back and on the flexing on people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because he's so rich. Cracking and baseball awesome. bats with his Rainmaker. Exactly. Yeah. And he comes out and then like uh, a Carter bucks fall from the sky. So like, uh, you know. 100 yen bills, but it's got him on it. <laughs> I've a got a bunch of Okada one. versus Young Bucks handy match, a ha- handicap match where it's just different money in like being thrown out into the crowd because they got their little Young Bucks dollars. Yeah, I know. Guess there. who they ripped off for that idea? Because oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was doing it first. Oh, and then when they had their own company, they were like, we're going to do it too. <laughs> so understandable. Um, okay, so back to same set people. Stay on Young course. Bucks just made Okada's last. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they did. He'll own them. I'm sure he's fine with it. Mm. Uh, they always tell a funny thing about Okada. So Okada has a reputation of being quite cheeky and like naughty backstage. And he would like any time the Young Bucks would like be in Japan, no matter what they did, they could never leave their stuff alone because Okada <laughs> would find Nick's bag and put on all his gear and then just be hanging out in the arena with it. So, like, Nick would suddenly see Okada and he's in all his gear, the tights, the boots, the jacket, like, the the tassels, everything, and he'd just wear it around. <laughs> and he's, like, a bigger dude, so it's, like, stretching it out and stuff. He'd just be, like, being a young buck with it. <laughs> and he also, like, will get in people's gear, like, Will Ospreay shares photos and stuff of, like, he, he'll, like, open his phone and immediately there's a photo of Okada, like, looking at him, like, because he's, like, found his phone and taken a selfie on uh, He's a legend. He's wicked. Okay, so back to the stadium anyway. stampede. Sammy wins. So he, yeah. he wakes Last up on the standing. field. 
Exactly, gets sprayed with the the sprinkler, and he's like a wicked reaction. He like rolls into it into his face a bunch of times, which can't feel Three great. Times, yeah, and he, and he comes to the the uh, decision that he's won. He's the last man standing. He can't see anybody else that he's won, and then you just hear the brutal revving <laughs> of the golf cart. <laughs> And then the he shot. He turns so slowly. The <laughs> shot of him where it pan, like zooms out and pans, and the perspective shift from him over to the golf cart and the buggy. The lights flick on. Oh, man. It's like the greatest <laughs> horror movie. Then they run him down, and then he makes short work of that, uh, like railing and stuff, jumps up into he, it so he fast. He runs like half the pitch. So fast. I, I, like that, co- that horse couldn't catch him. Like, <laughs> he was gone. He was off the field and the horse is only halfway across. Powered by fear. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, Kenny Omega jumps up after him very slowly because he's full of milk. <laughs> full of dairy. <laughs> but of course, I've had choice. Uh, and, and then... Matt Hardy doesn't even attempt the jump. He goes around. Yeah, he goes around. Somehow, Matt gets to him first, right? Like, uh, I um, I think so. I think he... Because he just runs... I, I think... You can't see it, but I think there's some stairs, like, just out of yeah, frame. Yeah, so Kenny Matt jumps up and, and up. starts walking along slowly, and then Matt runs up, and they sort of have a bit of a thing, and then Sammy's, like, trying to kill him. And then we get the re-debut of the new and improved Vanguard Neo. one, Neo one, yeah. which distracts him, and then Kenny makes his move... And that leads to the biggest one-wing angel of all time off the thing through the the crash pad and it looks absolutely brutal. <laughs> like, say what you want about whatever padding and stuff they may have in there. That would be a scary thing to do. It's like, actually a one-winged angel. Like, it's such a weird prep to get up into it in the first place. Every time I see it, I'm like, surely there's an easier way to get someone up on your shoulders in that position. Yeah. But let alone on a wet, like after raining, like barely built platform in an arena to Mm. then balance somebody right to the edge and jump like off. Like in that interview, Sammy was like, it was scary as hell. Like I know Kenny knows what he's doing, but there was a point there where I thought he'd lost me briefly. And I thought, I thought this is how it ends. I think yeah, there's a point where you can kind of like he picks him up and like I think he walks back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. To kind of get back from the edge, and yeah. I think he almost walks back too far for a second. I can't. Ah, yeah, it looks sketchy near misses in wrestling, man. There's, there's so many that that same show. I I told you before about the Moxley Brody Lee match that I liked, mm. but there's a part where he. Uh, spoilers. Uh, part where he uh, DDTs him or paradigm shifts him through like the ramp, and oh, when you see him. it in slow motion, like as he's taking him, Moxley's head man, he misses that the back part of the hole, like right where the ring is, like mm. by a centimeter. Right? Like I was like, this is where he breaks his neck and dies. Like, <laughs> and, was, and they were just like went, like there was no hesitation or anything. They just mm. did it, and it's That's, like that could have been so bad. It's like, uh, is it Matt's? Backflip off the uh, goalpost. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back to that. We didn't even talk about that, which was... uh, He didn't even look, right? I I think he looks, as he gets on, I think he looks back just before he stands up proper. He stands up and I think he... Like puts his hands. He does. To he a does. He, he does the good Christian boy moonsault, which is a thing like the the young bucks would always say. Oh, is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but oh man, that's some commitment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, the that that jump off that thing has so many, so much opportunity to go wrong, yeah. and they fall so far. But it was a it's really the only way to end it at that point. Like yeah. it's gone. And just built and built and built. You had to have something absolutely amazing that like there's so many opportunities where they could have just pinned Hagar. They could have pinned Jericho. They could oh have yeah, yeah, anybody. Exactly. <laughs> well, like, maybe they could have stipulated that like 
they need to uh, could have like been an elimination bit. match or something. Yeah, but. yeah, exactly. I think I think they did it like the reckon, idea or the strategy was like you once you disable everybody, then they can't break up a pin. Exactly. You know? yeah. Yeah. Or just the way it played out. <laughs> Would have been amazing if. Ortiz rolls in his wheel chair of wheels. It makes the run. It makes the save. <laughs> the, the the thing is right. Like they like literally somebody could be winning it in another part of the stadium at the same time, and yeah. nobody would know. <laughs> uh, those re- those refs must have communication. The, I think yeah. they said the refs have uh, walkies on them. Oh, but you, uh, you could have just flipped Ortiz up on his back and just at any him point, there. at literally any point, with nobody else around, Matt Hardy could have won it right there. And yeah. There. Oh, even uh, Santana. Uh, no, no, sorry, not Santana. Um, Hagar. Yeah, like, he's they, knocked out behind they, that bar. And, then, and you're just sitting there wasting your time drinking your milk and your whiskey. Exactly. Jericho, Jericho's been painted and could be pinned at any point, but they're like, they go after him. Either way, I though. Suppose, uh, like, way I doing. suppose how, how long before this had the in, uh, inner circle been laying waste to the well, elite? Well, yeah, you exactly. It's about revenge. Come back and yeah, make it's a like point. It's like we've got them all down. Before we pin anybody, we need to make sure they've all experienced revenge. Mm-hmm. Either way, I absolutely I love, loved um, it. I, I loved it. Hangman Page's reaction to that one winged angel because you can see him in one of the camera angles, like sh- on the ground, right? Sh- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw his arm back, and, and like you point out, Matt Hardy's just like yes, <laughs> it's like yeah. nodding approvingly <laughs> as oh. it goes on. It was great. So if anybody hasn't watched it, please do. It's like so much fun. I think it's the first time I've ever seen a laugh uh, uh, a ref. Need a ladder to get up and well, to do a pin. pin. Yeah, exactly. There is <laughs> so she could get up onto that giant platform, oh. conveniently placed platform. Uh, yeah, I think it, the other thing as well is I bury, uh, I bury, I very rarely I've infected uh, you. <laughs> re, yeah, I don't lose my mind. Uh, very rarely rewatch anything. Mm. You know, like I kind of just take it at the moment and stuff. But mm. that was like I think that's the third time I've watched it. Yeah, yeah I think so, that's the third or fourth. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think that is a win, and as a result, an all round good time. Um, please watch it. Um, did a we want to? Do we want to have one more little talk about the thing we were were saying before? The question you had for me. Oh, we can, or we can leave it for another time if mm-hmm. you want. We can, we could move on to uh, my other segment that I suggested to you, um, <laughs> heels and laces. Heels and laces. I went, I went back and I found the name. And there you go. Did you look back through our text or yeah. something? <laughs> uh, the fashion portion of your podcast. The fashion portion. There you go. Heels and laces. Uh, we haven't pressed anything for it. Because well, you were a big fan of uh, the inner circles. Uh, Gear. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I could get, like, one of those helmets for my house, that would be pretty sick. Or the, the jersey, jersey would be pretty cool. Get a Jericho's jersey with the white line marked into it. Oh, I mean, that, if he ever sells that, surely it's going for, for a mint, right? On the on the bestsellers list. Oh, if, they, if they just recreate the shirt, but if you want to buy his specific one, it comes with the white line. Yeah, yeah. That, well, I would be okay with it. I reckon that would be kill. There's money on the table, Jericho. <laughs> sort it out. Like, surely that would be the thing. Oh, and I'll quickly Google right now Inner Circle jersey. See if, it, see if they are selling it yet. I'd anyway, pay, uh, I don't know. What? I'd pay a handsome $50, sum. $50, including shipping to Australia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Do, do, do. So I'm watching, because uh, I'm watching all the 
from the beginning with AEW Dynamite. I'm watching a few of the uh, Being the Elite videos as well. Yeah. And the bit in Being the Elite at the moment is the Young Bucks just, uh, I think it's... Uh, one day I'll remember which one of you is which. <laughs> I can't remember Nick Matt's, or, Matt's the one with like the the black hair that usually has the big side. Yeah, their faces look exactly the same to me. Nick is like the more balding <laughs> one that often wears a bandana or a hat. Um, one of them keeps coming up with number one best-selling merch ideas yeah, and Nick. forcing yeah, yeah, exactly. the other one to it. Nick Kick. Merch freak. Yeah. <laughs> so this is fitting. I can see this being the number one bestseller on a AEW store this week. <laughs> exactly. But they don't have it. They've got the, the regular shirt there, but no jersey. So, I don't know what you're doing, Pro Wrestling Tees and it's AEW. That's almost going as away. if you don't want money. Yeah, it's like you. Why do you why do you not want to make a profit? I don't understand. Oh well. Okay, so we'll end with this last little segment. We'll do a quick lightning round. Um, you had asked me if I thought after watching the Kenny Omega and Okada matches, yeah, did I think there was anyone in AEW? Like three of, according to Mr. Meltzer, uh-huh. who I've learned is very respected, mm-hmm. three of the best matches ever. Yes. Is there anyone, and obviously Kenny, I've been watching like AEW just kind of coming into this completely fresh and I've been watching him and going, oh, like, I do like Kenny Omega quite a bit. Uh, he's on... To the point of where I'm at in AEW now, he's been on quite the losing streak. <laughs> just getting people over. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he's uh, starting to, like, it's becoming a thing in the plot now that he keeps losing and people are like, oh, he's off his game, his, his head isn't in it, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, he's just getting people over and yeah. then turning this into a point where he clicks back at yeah. some point later, I'm guessing, and goes on a massive streak. Going on a tear. Yeah, exactly. Because you can only like start the promotion and headline it as like the biggest, best guy for, for so, so long. long. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Until who comes along. Yeah. And, like, um, yeah, so I'm sitting there and going, all right, well, obviously he's, like they're going to get to a point where he's kind of, you would hope, fighting at full potential. Mm-hmm. Is there anyone who could give him a match not at Okada's level, but getting there. I was that was my question to you. Yeah. Who could give him that five six star match mm-hmm. in AEW? It it got me thinking because it because it a lot of the New Japan stuff as well. Like it's the context and it's the feel of their entire setup. Mm. So because the whole thing feels so sports centric and big, uh, I think like it, it lends itself to that feeling to that big fight feel. So. Taking that away makes it hard for it to get to that point. But I did, I did sort of brainstorm, and there's a, a few that I would like to see. Um, right now, I don't think like if any of these people necessarily just like versed him today that it would be that. Mm. Uh, I feel like anything needs story and build um, or, yeah, I'm or saying, stakes yeah. like with the, with the proper context, with the right build, with the right story, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So, and the, I'm assuming here as well that Omega is the best that AEW has. Yeah, on his best day. Yeah, like I, I, I think he is. They've got. I think, yeah, I think he is. So, um, the best that anyone's got by the sounds of a few. Well, people. yeah, he, he's pretty great. I mean, he he has his faults, and he can be like pretty sort of kooky and and corny and stuff like that i I like that stuff you know Mm. some people don't but if you're just talking in in ring like bell to bell and stuff he's he's there you Mm. know what i mean he's he's but with enough mic skills to back up whatever he's doing exactly yeah i I like his personality and Mm. i i have met him before and 
found him to be like multiple times and found him to be like an absolute consummate professional. Mm. And he's maybe the only time I've been like starstruck in my life as well. Did <laughs> I tell you this story? No, I think you told me about when you were at a bar and he was there and uh, one of the Japanese guys came in and was like, oh, Kenny. And then he realised Kenny was sitting with you guys and he was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. So so that's the story. About, about, so what it was, it was at a clothing store in Japan called Haoming Mask and they they design like all his gear and things mm. like that and a lot of gear for a lot of the wrestlers. And we go there every time we're in Japan and go check out what, you know, new goods they've got. They've got kind of like lucha-themed hoodies and shirts yeah, and, nice. and, and all sorts of that. And used to do the elite merch and things like that. And I'll so we, to, I'll have to get you to film it for me next time. Yeah, yeah. Point some stuff out for exactly. you. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll do a walkthrough or something like that. Uh, but we – so we're there and we're checking it out and this is just after Wrestle Kingdom – not this year, the year before. So, yeah, do, 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 do. No, it was, yeah, so, no, year before that. So, it was the year he versed Jericho. So, three years ago. So, the night before he had had his match with Jericho. Night before? Two nights before. Whichever. It doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, so, he had had, yeah, it was, two, it was two nights before because he had just done New, New Year's Dash the day before and we had not gone to New Year's Dash, so we hadn't watched it. So he wasn't going to spoil it for us. But anyway, so we're there and uh, and I'm talking to the guy and then I kind of hear somebody talking, you know, I hear a bit of a voice and stuff. And and the guy, Tiger, like kind of like points like behind me. He's like, oh. And I turn around and like Kenny has just walked in. And to me, it maybe felt like a bomb went off like you see in movies. Like I went, you know, like, like a grenade's gone off. And, and like, kicks in. And yeah, and like your your hero's like stumbling around and he can't kind of tell what's going on. That's what it felt like to me. And it's the only time in my life I've done band stuff and I've played with heroes and I've toured and yeah. I, I, I've done these things in my life and like met these people. Played with Kill Switch. Uh, did you play with Meshuggah? Yeah, well, well I, I went snorkeling with Meshuggah one time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Went snorkeling like with a Meshuggah. lot of people oh, lot pretty of, big oh. in the, the metal world. Yeah, exactly. Machine Head, Trivium, Arch Enemy, Mud Arguably the heights of their careers as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Like on their big Australian tours and stuff like that. So so this is my, my old band that used to exist. And but none of that ever kind of affected me in this way. And I was just like, oh, shook. And then I like look at uh, Amy and I look at Momo and they both look just as shook as I am. <laughs> then I look at my friend James who was with us and he's like, who's this guy? Like, you know, like just looking at us, he can tell it's a big deal. He explained to me, he goes, I could tell you were all like just so shook and this guy was a big deal, but I obviously had no fucking idea who he was, yeah. you know? And so then I know the girls, I know they're not going to say anything or yeah. whatever. They're, they're pretty pretty quiet and reserved and stuff. So I was like, hey, how's it going? And then I just proceeded to like have like a really cool conversation with him. He's very like giving with his time. I was like, how are you guys going? You having fun? Blah, blah, blah. And talked about the match and we mentioned New Year's Dash where he's like, have you seen it? And we're like, no, because oh, I won't tell you what kind of happens and stuff, which is where we're talking there. And we all, all four of us had a, a nice conversation. We didn't ask for a photo or anything mm. like that. Just wanted to like, Meet him and, and have it like a, a nice chat, which was really cool. And he was so wicked. And then during that time, Yo from Rapongi 3K comes in and he's like, hey, like to everybody. And then he stops and he realizes that we're there and we're a bunch of fans. And in Japan, kayfabe is kind of still real. Mm. And he's like, 
Huh. And then, <laughs> and again, he's just like, hey, get out of here, you piece of shit. And he, he's like, oh, and they like ran through the back and he's like, these goddamn juniors, man. <laughs> he, he goes, don't worry about him. I'll take care of him if he ever comes back. <laughs> We're like having a laugh. And so, yeah, he was, he was absolutely wicked. And then the next time the we- consummate Canadian. Absolutely Canadian and professional. And then when they Canadian came to and the, Japanese, so like the most Japanese. polite, respectful person. Exactly, you could and, ever that, be. and that's exactly what he was like. And when he came to Perth, yeah. uh, we went and saw them here when New Japan came through. He recognised this kind of thing. He's like, "Hey, I remember you guys." I mean, how often do you see like yeah. a redheaded guy with a massive beard, <laughs> uh, a girl with uh, pink hair, and like like yeah. a, a Japanese Australian girl all together, like in a in a trio, an, an odd know? combination. Yeah, exactly. And he was like, "Hey, what's going on?" And then like he was like, "We." should get a picture we didn't last time kind of thing and uh, they were charging for pictures he didn't charge us he was just like no no just take this kind of thing so mm. yeah it, it, nice. it was really really cool so um so and that's why kenny omega is the best yeah and that's why <laughs> kenny omega is the best so uh who cares about his gen- wrestling ability exactly i do care about his wrestling abilities though so these are the ones that i think i've i've made a little list of mm-hmm. of five I'm still on the fence about one though, so I feel like I'm just wild card. Yeah, I'm gonna start with him. Yeah, so I'm just gonna do honorable mentions. Like I feel like Kenny Omega and Park have still never hit their potential for a match against each other. Mm. I feel like their first one wasn't really what they wanted it to be, and then the second one was good. But I feel like with the proper context and with a rivalry and with all these things, I feel like they could have a really they could get there. Yeah, I think I've seen something. Where it neither of them were happy, particularly happy yeah, with the match. Exactly I don't think I've that. seen that match yet. I think it's mm. later on. Yeah, it is. Is it a Revolution? Maybe or yeah. I think it. What happened? I don't really remember. I can't remember. I, I yeah. think I remember reading. But that they they were weren't particularly they, happy with how it came off. They and, weren't, and I think they did it with like pretty like little notice and stuff like that. And then they had another one, and it was definitely better. Uh, I did like it, but I feel like with the right build and stuff like that, they could potentially do it. I also think that Darby Allen is somebody that's growing a lot, and mm. with, again, the right storyline and context, he could be – they could have, like, a really cool rivalry. He had, like, a, an amazing – rivalry in Evolve with Ethan Page, at least from what I can tell. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did see like the final matches where they have this big ladder match and Darby gets his arm broken with a shovel, like in real life, like shoot by accident, and then finishes <laughs> the finishes the match and gets like pinned in a body bag and stuff. It was really cool. Mm. So I think that he's another guy who's got a huge upside and could really do it. But so I'm gonna go a little bit more more obscure than that. Um, my number five pick is Santana from the Inner Circle. Mm. Um, he is the one that did that little step we were talking about. <laughs> um, he's just, when you look at his in-ring work and stuff like that, he's like top-notch, you mm. know, and he is somebody that has a huge upside. And at the moment, he does tag stuff with Ortiz, uh, who's also very talented, but I feel like if he was to ever break out and do single stuff, he has all the tools there. Like yeah. physically, build wise, is on par with Kenny Omega, mm. you know, um, and just his form and timing and everything like that. Like if he ever breaks away from the inner circle and does his own thing, that could be something like. He wouldn't really even cool. necessarily need to break away from them. He just they just need to sideline Ortiz somehow. Yeah, yeah, and then, exactly. Um, or or they just stop tagging and he. 
Yeah. He can't think, but but the breakaway they, thing they, for they've me. They've deafened Ortiz. Maybe they blind him next or something. <laughs> or in the next dynamite, Chris Jericho gives him earmuffs, and then he can hear again. Yeah. So because it brings down the <laughs> but yeah, maybe uh, but instead yeah. of a bell, he'll get a flashbang at the next like massive stupid match, and then uh, then he's, he's, he's gone forever. And he's, blind he's got and sun, sunglasses. And he's just got to taste everything with oh, his he, massive is, tongue. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right, yeah, so okay. Santana. Yeah, yeah, and whenever you're in a faction or a tag team and stuff like that, it's almost in order to take that next step, you need to break away in some context because he's always yeah. going to be, I guess, kind of third or even fourth fiddle. You know, you've got Jericho, you've got Hagar, you've got uh, Sammy, and then him and then Ortiz, I guess, if you, you kind of think them out. So, yeah, he, I, I feel like he, he has a huge upside and he can mm. be really cool. Um and, and have some really good matches. And then in the same context as him, number four would be Scorpio Sky from SCU. Mm. Again, doesn't necessarily need to break away. Um, well, they're a three-man team. They're a three-man thing. They could be a tag team day, and he could be the leader. Thing exactly. Was it uh, Frankie and Chris Daniels are just supporting the tag him. team and yeah. he's the singles Absolutely. Guy. They do a cool part. I don't know if you're up to it in Dynamite, but they do a part where... Chris Jericho as champion versus Scorpio Sky mm. uh, and the other guys that are kind of supporting him and it's yeah. pretty cool. They sort of trick Jericho into giving him a title match and it's like pretty cool. <laughs> but he he's someone who has um, trained at the New Japan Dojo in LA, was one of their trainers for a while yeah, sure. and again, at the moment he's kind of nothing character-wise, you know? There's mm. not... It's only really surface stuff. But again, yeah. I, I feel like I keep I saying the same stuff. Like context is key. is always going to be be something because it can make somebody that isn't there better. So I'm kind of looking at physical stuff and things like that. But he's somebody that I know can go. Mm. And given the right opponent in somebody like Kenny Omega, I think he'd be absolutely killer. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, I think the only promo I've seen him in there's some he's in some being the elite stuff on YouTube. It's not really promo promo. The only promo I think I've seen him in was in the first Dynamite episode where he's pretending to be Obama. Yeah, and they're out the front of the White House. Was, exactly. You know. Like he's not really known as like a promo guy, but he's still more and more of that with AEW. Mm. So he, I think he'll probably end up being really like a to massive be promo stuff. promo promo. It's just if you just have some sort of I don't know. Angle. Work the work the angle in something vaguely yeah, believable, or something and like that, then turn yeah. it into actual believable emotion and. Mm. Yeah. Then you then you're off and running. Um, number three would be Phoenix of the Lucha Brothers. Uh, I feel like his brother Pentagon could also have an amazing. Um, he has had amazing matches with Kenny Omega. Mm. I don't think he could ever get to that like kind of six star level. You know, uh, yeah. Pentagon's definitely a bit more character work and stuff. Phoenix physically is like amazing and is so athletic. Um, and so once he, if he's ever beyond that kind of surface level Lucha Brothers type stuff. Could be pretty amazing. I haven't watched Kenny Omega took the the like AAA is it AAA or CMLL one of the Mexican titles from him, uh, and I haven't watched those matches. But apparently they were pretty mm. pretty killer. Yeah, like in singles matches between Phoenix and and uh, Kenny Omega. So that that's a little bit of a cheat answer because I know they've had good matches before. I don't know if they've been six star or whatever, but in but they could be mm. absolutely killer. And then number two for me is Brody Lee. Um, I have always heard about sort of how good he is. I knew he was like a good mechanic and stuff in WWE, but never really liked any of his gimmicks. Don't really like his gimmick now. <laughs> but after watching his match with Moxley 
on double or nothing. Who you've said in the past is not your favourite in-ring wrestler. No, not at all. Again, like his character work, but historically I find his matches like a little bit samey for me mm. and just kind of brawly and stuff. He, he has had good stuff, especially in Japan and the G1. He had some real cool stuff, but... But that Brody Lee match for me is probably my favourite Moxley match. Yeah. And I was like, and if you can pull that out of him and bring and him make up to it, your level. Yeah, yeah, and when I don't even care about you at the start of it and then by the end of it, I'm like about it. Mm. I'm like you and Kenny Omega would be unbelievable. Yeah. So I think uh Brody Lee yeah, jumping back to the laces and <laughs> what heels and he, laces. Heels and laces. Brody Lee needs to sort out his gear so hard because it's <laughs> absolutely terrible. Yeah. I feel like he could be he should be heading towards the bruiser Brody type thing, like stripped back to just like black trunks and boots and hair down and just like an absolute maniac, mm. you know. I think it would probably work pretty well for him. It almost feels like his gear is based around trying to maybe hide some of his weight, but he doesn't even have that much weight, and it just makes him look worse. I feel like all the proportions are really bad, and it doesn't okay. doesn't help him in any way, you know. So uh, we get him some new gear, get him away from the Dark Order, and get him in a ring with Kenny Omega, and it will be money. And then my last one, number one, is not even a male wrestler. It's the current female women's champion, Hikaru Shida <gasps> from Japan. Spoilers to, <laughs> to anybody who hasn't watched Double or Nothing. Um, she is like an amazing wrestler. She's bigger than most of the girls. I know Kenny has a history of working well in intergender situations. I feel like he'd be super invested in it. And after seeing her match with somebody that could actually go, like um, like Nyla Rose mm. uh, and how physical it could be, I was like, man... Her and Kenny would probably literally be like absolutely killer. Mm. He speaks Japanese fluently; like they could communicate. He lives, he lives in Japan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is, doesn't he? His actual. I don't home know. Is I, there? Uh, it was. I don't know if he still is. I don't know if he's now back to Canada now that he's in AEW all the time. Yeah. But yeah, he do, he did live in Japan for like the whole time he was there, uh, and I I think they would be just crazy. Mm. I, th- I think it would be really good. And again, like with the right story and the, the right things like that, it would be mm. absolutely ballistic. I wonder if AEW would ever attempt something like that. Like I know they, I think they would. I've seen them copying a lot of shit for being like, oh, lefty pandering, progressive yeah. social exactly. justice well, warrior company. Yeah. Because Nyla, Dro- uh, Nyla Rose is transgender. Transgender. I'm like, <laughs> Who, literally, who cares? Who cares? Exactly. Like, right. What's it got to do with you? It doesn't matter. It, it, who cares? Like, all right. So we've we've already said like kayfabe is dead. Mm-hmm. Nyla Rose, maybe, uh, being transgender, physically stronger, like like advantage wise. Mm-hmm. It's not actual fucking competition. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Like it's weird. Doesn't give an actual advantage. It's storylines and making it look believable that like a Rio could take her down. Yeah. Exactly right, and that that was a great match too. Mm, like it was the, the the Rio uh, the Rio Nyla Rose stuff was, was yeah that match was know? intense. The crowd was going ballistic. Yeah, I think exactly. that was the f- first episode of Dynamite. Uh-huh. I think and yeah, uh, yeah. exactly for the, for the women's title yeah, it was killer. It was killer exactly. And Rio is a great example of somebody who um, is so good at drawing that out of the crowd and it, it being like that. Babyface mm. in peril. Yeah. That's killer. The cool thing I I, know, I, I was like watching. About it. I went into that match mm. not knowing much about Rio. I think I've seen her in a couple of mm. pay per views. Nyla Rose seen in a couple of pay per views. I went into that match and I was like, 
man, this is going to be a fucking burial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just nope. thought she'd be, no, no, exactly. And yeah. she, she pulls it out in a believable way as well. Mm. And that that's kind of uh, yeah, why I thought away of Shida and not Rio. Nyla Rose mm-hmm. kind of looks in that match, looks mm-hmm. to be a bit arrogant, like comes across that way, like mm-hmm. doesn't take her seriously and suffers for it. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think Rio and Kenny would actually have a super good match. She probably deserves an honourable mention as well. The reason I went with Sheeta is because I'd just seen that match and saw what she could do with a larger opponent, and I thought that she would probably be able to kind of trade move for move and lift Kenny and stuff mm. like that, Where whereas... Rio and him could tell a good match, but there would be sort of less of that physicality and stuff. I, I personally don't have a problem with any of like the intergender stuff. It's all fake combat, you know. Exactly. Uh, some some people are like, you know, it uh, brings up domestic abuse and, and all these things like that, but I don't see it that way. <laughs> well, WWE has not uh, got uh, any intergender matches and there's Point, rampant uh, ab- ab- abuse running through there at the moment, it yeah, seems. Yeah, exactly. It's a, Let's not even get into that. But, no. uh, but they, yeah, I, I, I think... It, it's like a video game to me. It's like if they're, it's like Sonya versus Johnny Cage, or whatever. Mm. if they're combatants. It's, it's not about strength. Fighters. It's yeah. about being smart and like kind of fighting your opponent. And they're all wrestlers. Like yeah. so, it, the person is like, I have trained for this. I will sign this fight because I believe I can win. And mm. then I think it's you know whatever happens, context can change that and it can push those buttons. But if if that's not what they're pushing, then it's not, you know, yeah. and it's not going to be that. So, yeah, I, I think I think that would be cool. So they're my top five. What do you think? Yeah, nice. Well, Con- uh, convinced? <laughs> I'm 100% on board. No, look, yeah. I, I'm just curious because I, um, obviously I've coming into wrestling again, mm-hmm. super fresh, mm-hmm. haven't cared at all about wrestling for I don't know, 15 years mm-hmm. at least. Like I've been trying to figure it out. It was 2002, 2003, I think, when I stopped. So right. longer than 15 years. And uh, just coming back into it and wondering what's going on. And uh, it seems like there's a lot of people out there taking taking wrestling itself to a new level. Like Kenny Omega and the Okada matches were intense. I don't think I've any... Oh, maybe I saw inklings of that kind of stuff back in the day, but like... No one was putting on hour-long matches really back then uh, in that style. Mm-hmm. Um, you had guys like the New Radicals and everything who were very technically proficient. Um, oh, what else was there back then? Like you got guys like Kurt Angle and everything yeah, back yeah. then who and, were and very I mean, good I mean wrestlers. And I mean like the Iron Man matches and so stuff well. with, with yeah. Bret Hart and, and Shawn Michaels. But yeah, it, it is a very different style to when you've grown up like watching a certain thing like mm. WCW and WWE. It's, it's a style of sports entertainment, you know, yeah. whereas what we're watching with this stuff is pro wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's very different. But no, I'm just, I was more curious because like I said, I've come into super fresh. I'm like, yeah, a year behind <laughs> in AEW at the moment. That's all I'm really watching. I'm watching bitch and uh, mm-hmm. tiny bits and pieces of WWE, but it's not new stuff. It's more just, yeah. Kind of looking back at some of the good stuff that's happened, like yeah. going back and watching The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels and Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> All of those Undertaker-Shawn Michaels matches are really good. Yeah. The, um, I suppose uh, the question I was going to ask you today so, was... Sorry, more, could, sorry, before I finish. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just going to... I'll now start watching those people that you've mentioned yes. and kind of just 
keep an eye more attention to them yeah. and, and lock onto them and, so, and see mm. what they are. There's uh, another guy I was going to mention, but I didn't I, – I know he's supposed to be really good, but I I didn't, wanted to watch a couple of his matches before we had this conversation, and I didn't, so I didn't feel like I was coming from a place where I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. But there's this guy, he's in the Dark Order. He's one of, like, the tag team um, – well, they've kind of got two tag teams in it, but he uh, he's a smaller guy, a bald dude with a big beard. His name's Stu- John Silver. Oh. And so he, no, not Stu Grayson, the smaller, the more other, muscly, the other small, bald small bearded, bearded guy. dark order guy. <laughs> yeah. So John Silver. Is he also tagged up with a like much larger uh, masked man? No, taller, longer hair guy. You'll notice them now that I've yeah. said it, but he is like former CZW champion, uh, tag champion, had a lot of like highly rated matches um, people like him a lot so he's a, John Silver and they used to call him the meat man mm. um, and I've heard really good things about him so I didn't talk about him today but apparently he'll be one to watch as well as time goes by at the moment he's not really doing much but he's somebody with a lot of potential so yeah, it'll cool. be interesting to see if they do anything with him going forward um, the last thing I was going to bring it back to and ask you about was you asked me about New Japan restarting mm. so the New Japan Cup has started. It was what was going to happen before all the Rona stuff. Mm. Uh, and so that has started now. So the first kind of uh, half of the bracket has all happened. And then we're we're basically working our way down to find a winner who will go on to verse Naito at Dominion. The question I have for you is, do you want to watch it? Oh, uh, yeah. Do you, do you need that access? Do you oh. need that hookup? Oh, I think I do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was I was umming and ahhing about how to start you on it, whether to just be like, jump into this tournament and see what's going on, or whether to to go just from Dominion and jump straight in at a pay-per-view. Because uh, sometimes the house shows have got like all these mixed tags and stuff, and if you don't know who anybody is, it might be a bit weird. Like, maybe better to start you. Up to you. thing. You've got a lot of AEW homework on at the moment. <laughs> yeah. We have a year of AEW to catch up yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. And we're, I'm very busy at yeah. work at the moment. So maybe so. we do that. Maybe we do Dominion. We'll get get through that, and then you'll be able to watch like the their first big pay per view back, and then you'll be into New Japan. And then if they do G1 this year, we'll like review the entire thing, which is their big big tournament. Yeah, nice. Yes, I'm keen. Yes. Okay, All right, that's well. what we're going to do. More New Japan. I'm so excited <laughs> it's back. I did a mini episode actually. Oh shit. Uh, Again, don't know if I've released it yet. Might have released it. So if I did, episode one point six. Yeah, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one point two five. Um, it was. I actually recorded in a lunch break at work. Just a quick like my predictions for the New Japan Cup. Yeah, Already nice. very wrong, but <laughs> I kind of knew that as I did. So it. what you're saying is, uh, so far your predictions on this podcast have been terrible. Yeah, uh, and then what we're going to see in AW is like some rando uh, coming in from nowhere and given Kenny Omega an eight-star match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Where the fuck I'll be like, who's this guy? <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen. Tony Schiavone's okay, stepping yeah. into the ring for the first time ever. <laughs> They're like, he's been trading his body and mind for his entire career. 40 years. <laughs> Man, I, I'd he's be there never, for He's never stepped foot in the ring because there's never been someone on his level. Yeah, let's go, Schiavone. That's the match I want to see. All right, so until Schiavone steps in the ring... Mm. Uh, I have been Rafe, he has been Travis. Thank you for listening to Faces and Feels for this week and we will see you later. Goodbye.